Yes, it's another episode of Board Wrestling Fan Radio on BWFRadio.com live right now. It is I Think So Joe along with JT, Mark, <laughs> and G. And this is episode number 150. And G's been here for all 150 of them. That's right. Sorry, I got a new headset, and it wasn't working, so I guess I have a new broken headset. Yay, that's always fun. Yeah. That happened to me once. <laughs> like, straight out of the box, just didn't work? Yep. Uh, it looks like it's the extension cable. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be working with the faulty extension cable today. Fun. Or, but eh, it cost me two bucks. Oh, well, in that case. Yeah, it's not so bad. And coming up in about 15 minutes, we have Michael Kingston uh, of Headlocked, The Last Territory, Volume 2, and, and I assume Volume 1 as well. Uh, but uh, he's got his Kickstarter project going on right now where you can fund his uh, his newest edition of Headlocked, which would be Volume 2. And uh, that is a wrestling-themed comic book. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we were supposed to have a guest host here who hosts a comic podcast but unfortunately he's uh busy recording his new album as well so <laughs> that's okay as long as we get all we all get free copies now because he, he stiffed us you better make sure that's in the contract <laughs> i will make sure damn it drew you owe us <laughs> uh, uh, since we're, we're we're gonna have a guest in a, in like 15 minutes let's jump right in and start talking about wrestling um because there was a pay-per-view last week. Which yeah. I will admit, I did not watch. See, I, I used up a ton of freaking bandwidth and watched on my way to work because somebody couldn't be bothered to show up on a Sunday night. <laughs> George. But uh, You can say his name. It's not like he'll hear it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it on the bus on the way to work, and I, I was actually like walking to work during the, the uh, Rollins and Ambrose match watching the Rollins-Ambrose match while I'm walking up the street. And I, I, I like people that saw me probably thought I was crazy because I'm sitting there like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Like, holy, is that a fucking ghost? <laughs> There's a fucking ghost in the ring. <laughs> like, oh shit, it's Bray Wyatt. <laughs> That's a crazy ending to a pay-per-view. Yeah, I just figured, see, the, see my thing was, is it was... You know, I, I, I thought about it. I'm like, I had Walking Dead on it to do Story Sync with Walking Dead. I would and be on Facebook with it <laughs> and, and Twitter. And it was like, I, I, there was no way I was putting, I was even going to try to maybe be like, you nope, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I did actually have it on during the Walking Dead, but I have a different setup. So I had one computer streaming the pay-per-view with the sound off while watching the Walking Dead on the TV surfing the uh, the internet on my computer and using my tablet for story sync. <laughs> <laughs> Roboji. <laughs> All in, right? But, uh, you know, I thought the pay-per-view overall was kind of as we anticipated going in for the most part, a one-match show. I mean, I'll give credit to Orton and Cena. They, they had a good match, but it's the redundancy of the you know the pairing that I think you know, made it fall flat for me. Redundancy um, is a good word, and I, and I want to point something out. Do you, they showed the uh, the rivalry video for the two of them before the match, and 
one thing I remember from that is Orton doing an RKO out of the uh, attitude adjustment. In in that pre-match video, they showed that, okay? So later on when Orton actually did it in the match and Michael Cole starts going, Oh my God, I've never seen that before! Dude, I just saw it 10 minutes ago in the fucking video. <laughs> what the what the fuck are you doing? Getting a hot dog or something? Like, <laughs> and you were the guy calling the damn match. <sighs> I don't know. I didn't I didn't catch any of the play by play for the match because the sound was off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. Well, I, I I had the I had my headphones in, so I'm watching this and oh my god, that's never happened before. Like, uh yeah, you just it was in the fucking video before the match that it happened before. I've <sighs> seen so much wrestling this week. I thought the pay per view was the week before last. <laughs> oh, oh, I so kind it of was last Sunday. It, it was last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a long time ago. I'll give credit though that uh, that WWE did the right thing, making the main event Ambrose and Rollins. That was definitely a good move. Um, and the match itself was great. I know the the ending was controversial for some. I'm not normally a big fan of magic and stuff like that in my my professional wrestling, but I didn't really mind the ending in that regard. Like it, I I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not I'm not innocent of going on the internet and complaining. You know, I'm I'm a member of the IWC. You know, <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> but I just didn't feel that compelled. I mean, I I was really happy with the match, and I I'm glad that it was I'm kind of glad it was an interference because it keeps both guys strong. It leaves the door open for a future feud, and having either one of them cleanly pin the other, I I think would be a bad idea considering how thin the the top of the card is right now. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I didn't mind the ending at all. The only problem was that the chanting went on for about 10 minutes when it took a while for Bray to get out. So that's understandable. But I didn't mind, like, the magic shit's a bit much, but to be pissed because there was interference, I'm not pissed at all. I can live with how it went. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I loved that ending. I, I thought it was, like, one of the best endings I've seen in a while, probably because it didn't involve John Cena. (laughs) <laughs> to be perfectly yeah, I, I honest, I legit mocked the fuck out because I completely forgot Bray Wyatt existed. No, I, I, like I said, I'm walking down the street watching this on my phone, and I probably, like, literally yelled out, "Holy shit, it's Bray Wyatt!" <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we didn't even address that on the on our preview last week. We didn't even consider that. No, and, and it's funny, it's you know. I'm starting to notice that oh, I, I make a lot of changes in my predictions after we talk because you guys get me thinking about stuff that I wouldn't consider. And I ended up kind of looking at that idea of what you talked about having like a three-way with Orton for like the, the briefcase or something and thinking, you know, you know, I think Mark is right about that. That's not a, really a likely outcome. But where the hell does Ambrose go? And I started thinking, well, there's guys that are all supposed to be coming back soon, but I still didn't even clue into why it. I was thinking, like, well, maybe they could have a little, you know, program with Ryback, who did return, but uh, was not where we would go. So, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm okay with the whole scenario. I, I kind of like the promos we got out of uh, uh, the shows this week, too, involving Wyatt. But um, in ring, I think, you know, we've had some pretty mediocre performances from Wyatt and I don't know I hope you know with the Jericho one we thought oh well Jericho can carry this guy and even that match kind of fall flat I'm really hoping Ambrose can do uh, what Jericho couldn't 
I'll tell you, I, I'm very glad that uh, Bray Wyatt is back now because I'm going to Raw tomorrow. <laughs> you, you need something because you won't get Cena. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, what's what's up with that? Like all of a sudden he's not advertised. He's like oh, he's the captain of the Survivor Series team, but I guess we don't need him on the show. They'll do like some backstage bullshit, you know what I mean? And it'll be like, wait, wasn't this the guy that was in Buffalo two years ago talking about how the Rock's always coming here via satellite? <laughs> you know. Ah, uh, boy, I don't know. Do you think we'll get uh, you'll get a video package? I, you know, or interview. I I would not doubt that in the sl- in the least because we we had an episode of Raw. Where there were like two straight segments that took place on the Titan Trap. We had one here. It was uh there was there was a rock promo. Uh and then there was a Shawn Michaels promo. And they were they were back to back. And it's like, you know, if I wanted to watch Raw on TV, I would have just stayed the fuck home. <laughs> you know, and saved my money. Yeah, forget Canada. Raw hates Buffalo, apparently. They do hate Well, they made it up for us with the old school Raw last year. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Well, uh, may- they have to have some reference to him. Maybe even a video package of him outside trying to recruit someone from outside. There's got to be something because he's the captain of the Survivor Series team and we don't know who his team is. Speaking, speaking of John Cena, um... Maven fan wants to know um, if you got any candy, if you got any candy for your John Cena costume. <laughs> I, I did see on Twitter that she said that you and I share the same John Cena birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I posted uh, from TimeHop today. It was two years ago today. My kid said, my kid called me John Cena. And I was insulted because I was watching SmackDown and she was mad and she wanted to watch something on like the Disney Channel or whatever, you know. And she kept calling me John Cena. I'm like, oh, now you're definitely not watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Lucha Underground premiered this week too. Which is another thing, another thing we got to talk about. <laughs> I think because I thought that was a, I thought it was good. I thought it was excellent, and it's supposed to be a mediocre version of it. That that was the uh, the like we were talked about very briefly at the end of the last week's show. Uh, they're very much compared to WWE type of style of programming in the first few episodes. I didn't really see that because I saw good writing and vignettes. I, I tell you, the one thing that bugged me was at the end of the show. Vampiro shouldn't be asking me who these guys in the ring are. He should know, and he should be telling me because I have no idea who those two guys yeah, are. I, obviously, obviously, Ricklon, I know who he is. You know what I mean? The other two guys, who the fuck are they? Vampiro should be telling me. I'm not I from Mexico. I don't know. Hernandez and Homicide. No, it wasn't Hernandez and Homicide. Was it? I, I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue, and they're the only Mexicans I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Like I don't know. And, and Vampiro was wearing a um, homicide style bandana. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like I don't know who these guys are. Vampiro, don't you? You work there. <laughs> I do like the commentary team of Vampiro and Matt Striker. They're fine. Yeah, They're, for for a debut episode, I I don't mind the fact that Vampiro didn't know who these guys were. I I kind of felt that works. It, it, if he doesn't know who they are next week, though. 
<laughs> then it might be more problematic and a better criticism. Yeah. But to me, it felt like the commentator's story was a lot like the audience was just like they were mentioning, you know, we just were brought into the temple to call this show. And, you know, even we don't know what to expect. And I, I enjoyed that kind of, you know, presentation. I, I, I don't mind the authority figure here. Uh, Dario, you know, having the money uh, is the incentive to fight and then taking it away. I mean, yeah, it's a, he's a kind of a heelish dick move and predictable of a authority figure, but I'm, right. I'm fine with that too. I guess the first episode, it, it establishes his character for what he is. And there's no mystique about what is he a good or a bad you know promoter? Is he someone with you know questionable intent? No, we all those questions are answered outside of who those guys were. And I, I now I want to know who those guys were. And next week that'll be part of the reason for me to tune in. That's true. And I, I, I also felt the way that uh, Dario was like talking down to Chavo. I actually cared about Chavo at the end of that. And I can't, I can't say I could say that in any of his TNA run outside of the debut. Nor can I say that for much of the end of his WWE run, for that matter, when he got pretty stale. You know, I, I thought uh, I thought the episode overall as a debut did really well. I know it's a limited audience. I hope. Cell phone. Yeah, somebody's cell phone. <laughs> um. Regardless, I I hope to see the the show get picked up by more channels i know uh i think omnivision actually did sign them i'm pretty sure i put that in the notes for the news later uh still not available anywhere outside of the small market in the states but uh that's okay they they gotta prove themselves as a worthy product to get picked up yeah i got i got home thursday morning and i was uh i was off thursday night and i'm, I'm never off on thursday night i was kind of excited like hey i have a three-day weekend even though i didn't ask for it. oh you know what there goes our guest calling in right now let me Grab that. You guys can hear that, right? Yep. Yeah. Could. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, caller. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, are you there? Uh-oh. <laughs> we can hear that end, but huh, he, he hung up on us, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, well, well, we've got his number, so we can try again if he uh, doesn't try us again in a second. <laughs> that was, uh... Oh, there it goes again. Let's try again. Pick it up. Hello? Hello? Ah, there you are. <laughs> we can hear you now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going on there. <laughs> All right, yeah, we we couldn't hear you for some reason. <laughs> uh, gotcha. All right, well, you're live on the air with us. Uh, this is Michael Kingston, I believe. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. I'm Thanks Joe. Very much for having me on. I'm Joe. You're on with me and uh, JT, Mark, and G, our uh, usual co-hosts here. Very good. Hello, everybody. What's up? Hello. <laughs> and you are the one of the authors, I believe, of Headlocked. Uh, I'm the writer and the creator. Writer and creator. Okay. So tell us a little bit about uh, Headlocked. I know you're uh, you've got the Kickstarter campa- campaign out right now for Volume Two. Uh, you know, I've, I've been a wrestling fan and a comic book fan my whole life, and uh, you know, one of the things that always bothered me is I would go to go to comic book stores, whatever wrestling comics would come out, and uh, they would always just really be awful. And so, when I decided when I wanted to write comics, I decided I was going to write a wrestling comic that I thought fans would like, and that 
you know, be respectful towards wrestling and uh, it would be a, a cool story. So, uh, you know, we came up with Headlocked. It's the story of a kid who's a theater major in college who falls in love with wrestling kind of unexpectedly. And then he uh, quits school and uh, decides he wants to become a wrestler. It's his journey through the business. Um, you know, we're examining the craft of wrestling through the eyes of a performance artist, but at the same time, he's sort of navigating the uh, the underbelly of the business, you know, trying to get to the bright lights on the big stage. All right. Cool. I know uh, G had some questions he wanted to ask you, so I'll turn this over to him. Sure. Hi, Michael. Uh, first off, to our listeners out there, um, by all means, go to uh, kickstarter.com and search for Headlocked, The Last Territory, Volume 2. And I'd, I'd like to congratulate you right off the bat. Uh, you've reached your $20,000 goal. Uh, yeah, we literally just passed it maybe about an hour ago. Um, we're uh, we're going to have some stretch goals up. Um, and just because the book is funded, um, it doesn't really mean that it's over for us. Uh, and one of the things the book that we sell through Kickstarter or whatever that we put out through Kickstarter is only available for the people who pledge through Kickstarter. I mean, we'll have another edition that we sell at conventions and stuff, but the people who pledge through Kickstarter get a much cooler book. Well, and I think that that's one of the, the beautiful things about funding a Kickstarter project is that uh, you, you're not only getting an original uh, first run, which in the comic world, um, for those who collect, and I know you do, uh, and we're well familiar with this, having read through your article extensively here, um, that would be a valuable collector's item, um, especially considering there clearly is a lot of interest in the project. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, about that element of it. Um, what were some of the the challenges you felt or have experienced not only setting up the the program online but introducing the concept of a, a wrestling comic to both comic fans and wrestling fans and nerds like myself that like both um you know wrestling fans have been i mean i guess the hardest the wrestling fans have been pretty supportive i mean the hardest part is sometimes people think you know people say i don't read comics but that's sort of an issue of you know, people have a perception of comics as being superhero stuff. Um, you know, they don't realize. I mean, the story that we're telling is very similar to a cable drama. But, I mean, on the wrestling side, people have been unbelievably supportive. Um, the comic book side has been much, 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 much more difficult. Um, it's such a closed business. You know, we get almost zero, uh, zero help from the comic book media. I mean, I know people who work in the comic book media that love my book. But yet they won't cover it because that's just not it's not how it works. If you're not with a with a top publisher, um, you don't get coverage. I mean, I had Christopher Daniels calling people like personally that he knows on my behalf, <laughs> and still getting nowhere, which is uh, which is really sort of unfortunate. Um, I think that you know, I think with anything, I think you know, if it's a good idea, it should be a good idea, no matter who. Uh, who puts it out there but that's been the biggest challenge is just fighting the sort of resistance to independent projects on comic book media do you <clears throat> excuse me do you speaking of christopher daniels and i, I noticed uh frankie kazarian's another supporter and they're they're well documented as being comic fans uh, and talking about some of the the lack of coverage that ties into another question i had on a similar related topic, um, a lot of wrestlers are making appearances at the comic cons um, over the last few years. It's becoming more and more uh, 
ex- expected almost for people who are attending such events. Do you, do you think that might help open the door to not only more exposure for your project, but also maybe a more of an acceptance uh, from some of the unwillingness of coverage that you were talking about? I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's, I mean, we've raised almost $50,000 between two Kickstarters. Um, you know, I've had two celebrity uh, celebrity comedians writing my intros. I've had, uh, I think, 12, 13 different televised wrestlers. Um, you know, and for this one, I have five uh, five fairly prominent comic book artists. You know, Jill Thompson's doing our credits pages. Uh, ben Templesmith's doing a pinup. Uh, Roman Villalobos is a Marvel artist who's doing a pinup for it. Um, Box Brown did the Andre the Giant book. Uh, he's doing a pinup, and uh, uh, Jamal Igo, who uh, has made his name on superhero on uh, Supergirl, but uh, has done just about everything for everybody. Um, so I don't know. I think. Uh, it's it's tough. It's it's the most frustrating part of it is for when people people to say, yeah, no, I you know I love what you're doing, but I'm I'm not going to give you exposure because then what do you do at that point? You know, that's why the the Kickstarter. That's you know I tell everybody every dollar helps, and it really does. Um, every dollar matters um, because it's a it's a provable thing that we can take to comic book companies and say, look, this is the money that we've raised. Because, I mean, I sold a ton of books in New York Comic Con uh, a couple weeks ago with, uh, you know, Jerry Lawler and Shane Helms at my table. We sold an, an insane amount of books. But that doesn't, you know, to anybody that matters in the comic book industry, that doesn't count for anything because it's not a, it's, you know, I mean, I could really obviously make up a number and no one would know, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, wrestling attendance. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know having kick having kickstarter uh you know that's a number that I can prove and you know the the bigger we get you know the more support we get the harder we are to ignore you know that that's really a good point i i i honestly was unaware of the project until a mutual friend of a friend uh mentioned the, what was going on and i mean you got my interest right away because I am a fan of both mediums. Uh, and you me- you mentioned um, also you know the litany uh, of, of many many people that were uh, helping you out outside of the ones that aren't that said they like your stuff and the ones that you mentioned like Daniel's calling. Were there any any one or more particular individuals that are helping you that kind of blew your mind and said, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Like I actually am getting help from insert name here. Well, all of them. I mean, it it amazing. I mean, to this day, I mean, I grew up, you know, as a huge fan of of uh, Memphis wrestling, and I used to trade for Memphis tapes. And the the fact that Jerry Lawler paints my covers, and that he and I are friends now, like that, you know, that blows uh, you know fifteen year old Mike's mind uh, every single day. Um, but uh, you know, everybody's been amazing. I mean, Chris Daniels has been super super supportive. I mean, I I get media guys calling me up and they're like hey Chris Daniels recommended me you know to you recommended you to me uh, Ken Anderson again super super supportive uh, you know Jerry and Kaz um, Hurricane uh, Shane Helms all those guys have been amazing um, and even just the guy, you know the guys that have donated their time I mean Booker T's doing a piece of art for me uh, I talked to him this weekend about it at an indie show we were both at and 
he's just really excited to be working on art and he was talking about how uh you know his four-year-old son is getting into art and this gives him an excuse to you know to, to take the time to sit down at the drawing table and do something but now he can show his son and get his son excited about art too so you know it's uh in their own ways everybody's been really really helpful Oh, I uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about the the story itself, without of course giving away spoilers. You know, we wouldn't ask for that. Um, I I know. Nope. We lose G for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think we may have lost him. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> this happens from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there he goes. So <laughs> we'll get him back in a second. I'm sure. It happens from time to time here. We do have technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I think it was the spoiler police. I think he was about to give away something critical. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, um, I'll let you know right now, I just backed you. I just went to your website and backed you. It's very easy to do, so everybody take a minute. If you're listening, go ahead. Do it. It's not bad. They got a lot of cool packages. I did sign up for the $25 one so I could get the first issue. <laughs> Beautiful. If you're listening live or on the podcast, the link is up on the Board Wrestling Fan Facebook page. Uh, G's computer froze is uh, is what happened, so we're waiting for him to get back. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what he was going to ask you. So <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a list of questions in case something did happen, and that's I'm looking through now. <laughs> but but uh you had Jerry Lawler on on uh both issues right did you did you cover yeah this is uh the third cover that he's done for us um and uh it's it's awesome the last one he did was uh, we did a Norman Rockwell homage uh whenever Jerry comes to town for raw um the Norman Rockwell Museum isn't too far from my house so we go to the Norman Rockwell Museum together and it's one of those things that uh you know it's one one of the places where uh, he doesn't really get recognized but uh He's such a giant fan of art. Like he loves all kinds of art, but uh, you know he loves uh, Frank Frazetta and and obviously Norman Rockwell, uh, old school comic art. Um, big fan of like the the rat think the rat think type. Uh, you know the hot rod street art from like back in the day. Um, he uh, he gets really excited about it. Like when we do comic comic cons together, like the hardest thing is to is to keep him at the table. <laughs> But uh, that's and that's been the, the the great thing about the book is everybody that's helped out, or, you know, they're all passionate about wrestling and comics and art. And I mean, most of them have just you know have done it to help me. Um, they like what I'm doing. They, they you know they recognize the difficulties of being sort of a a double independent in both wrestling and comics. And uh, that's uh, that's you know I think what separates us from the pack. You know, there've been a lot of wrestling comics out there that, uh, you know, Undertaker fighting demons and Ultimate Warrior stripping Santa Claus naked, and, uh, <laughs> Sting with wings. Um, you know, I've seen some horrible, horrible stuff that you know people <laughs> have licensed out, and that's always frustrating to me. You know, wrestling's hot; somebody thinks they can make a buck, but they're not necessarily wrestling fans. So, you know, I think that's the the real difference is. For our book is that everybody that that's involved is you know super passionate about what we're doing. <laughs> we started putting this interview together, and he was uh, he put a list of questions up, and the last question was uh, the kicks about the Kickstarter write up, and he said that uh, one thing stood out to him it was 
Uh, there will be no beating up naked Santa Claus, and he was wondering where that came from. And I'm like, dude, you really don't know where that came from? Like, <laughs> I don't read comics. <laughs> I know where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, one of the interesting things is, um, you know, before the Ultimate Warrior actually was an artist as well, um, he painted, and he had a really interesting style where he would paint with a with a palette knife and not with a brush. And uh, we were talking about doing a cover for the book, and he was interested in doing it. And uh, you know, obviously, that's uh, that's not going to happen. But uh, right. we had some really interesting discussions about um, you know just about art in general and the book. And he's a he's a real interesting guy. Um, every bit of what you'd expect him to be, and he's a little he's a little insane. But you know, I think sometimes like the most creative people tend to be a little nuts. Um, I think, you know, I'm a fairly straight laced guy, but you know, when you're, when you're around normal people, people think I'm weird. So (laughs) (laughs) I think G might be back. Is G back? I am. I think, uh, Iceman is messing with my computer this morning. I've had some freezing issues. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm back. Sorry about that. No sweat, man. So you were asking about uh, not spoilers, but you, oh, okay. you wanted more I didn't information. Know where I got cut off. I was yeah. wondering about the locale. It's uh, placed in Texas, which is a long history of professional wrestling. But were there any other locations for a setting you might have had on the uh, as an alternative option? I mean, eventually we're going to go. I mean, I want to take them everywhere. I mean, wrestling's got such a a rich history and a and a rich culture, um, you know. But I thought. We could start with, uh, you know, something that's sort of a territory. Just territories don't exist, obviously, very much anymore. So, you know, we tried to do something with a with a hyper regional star, and I was trying to think of, you know, what what would still what would still draw people, you know, in this day and age, sort of independently of, you know, WWE. And I thought, you know, Texas is is nuts about high school football, so. The idea behind the last territories is built around this guy who won this town, their only high school football championship. Like he won the game, and then after he graduated high school, they built a wrestling promotion around him. And uh, so people, you know, I mean, it's 30 years later now, and, you know, the guy's still coming to the ring in his varsity jacket, and he's older and whatnot, but, you know, the people still love him. But that's literally the only place in the world that he matters. So I thought that would be a cool way to sort of explore the old territory system but still keep it in a current setting okay and then this character is i would imagine is magnificent mark Steele, the ultimate regional yes. superstar okay that answer is actually that quite that was was going to be my next question but that totally makes sense and i like that premise quite a bit um what about some of the other characters involved uh not only the wrestlers and you know the bookers and, and whatnot, but do you explore or have any plans of maybe exploring some of the uh, the people that are in the production team, like perhaps like producers, cameramen, makeup artists? I I, I would like to cover the whole thing. Um, you know, obviously, it sort of depends on uh, you know how long the people will allow me to tell the story. You know, I mean, depending on what kind of support we get. I mean, I want to take them to Mexico. I'd like to take them to Japan. Um, you know, I think there's just there's so much stuff to cover. Um, you know, I love I love talking about old wrestling stories with wrestlers, and that's one of the one of the cool parts of getting to do this. You know, I was at a at an indie show on uh, Friday night, 
and I was talking with uh, Nikolai Volkov about you know, some of the old days, and some of the riots they used to have, and uh, you know him him being in the locker room, you know, locked away in the locker room with like four cops, you know, with their guns drawn and people beating down the doors. And, you know, there's there's just there's so many amazing things. I mean, just the whole idea of Sputnik Monroe and all the stuff that went on in Memphis with him sort of getting the getting the place integrated and you know. Nowadays, people consider him some sort of racial hero, but he was just doing it to sell more tickets. Um, you know, I think there's there's just there's so much amazing stuff in wrestling. You know, just around it, and uh, you know, I I want to I want to cover it all. I want to cover as much as I can. So that's sort of why we we started the character. You know, the Mike Hartman character. We start him at zero. So anybody you don't have to know anything about wrestling. You just kind of have to know what it is, and we can you know anybody can read the book and pick it up and and follow it but uh yeah i want to i want to get to it all i think one of the things that appealed to me uh, when i was reading the description was was the universe that you, you're kind of creating you, you described it as involving and alluded to it with with the uh, the conversation you had on friday night um about kind of combining the old smoky arena you know history with the modern era uh, is there is there a possibility that you you might I'm I'm hoping there's a possibility that you might be able to incorporate some of those old stories with the permission of the wrestlers, maybe using aliases, but and finding a way to also present the information in that these events are based on a true story. Well, that's what we're doing um, with the with the wrestlers that contribute stories to the book. Um, you know, they're all for the most part they're based on personal, true life things that are. Uh, that we've just adapted to the headlock universe. So you know, for our last book, we had stories from, uh, you know, Hurricane and Rob Van Dam and Christopher Daniels. And, uh, you know, Shane's story, he uh, it came from, like, he was literally in a, in a waiting room in a doctor's office waiting to have an MRI on his neck when we were hashing out the details of the story. And uh, when you read it, you'll totally get it. It comes from, like, such a real in a powerful place and I think that the story ends up being really that's is one of my uh, one of my favorite things that we've done in the book and uh, you know Daniels was the same thing um, you know so I don't really push the guys we uh, I kind of let them find their inspiration um, and then Rob's obviously Rob's got a long history Rob did a a bit on backyard wrestling and Rob's got a you know a long history of that and his on some level, always been a, a bit of a supporter of it, um, and uh, so we did a piece uh, a piece about that. So I think uh, you know that's kind of how we're getting around that. Um, so I was working with uh, I was actually working with Ox Baker on a story, and he just passed. Um, I'm still working on it with his uh, with his son, and his son is actually an illustrator and is going to draw it. So uh, I think that's kind of cool. I don't actually know where that's going to find itself in the, you know, where I'm going to put that into uh, into the canon, but it's uh, it's going to be some cool stuff. It's definitely a lot of old stories, you know, that haven't been told. I, I think that's actually really appealing. It should be, I would hope, to wrestling fans out there that, in, in a sense, you, you're another medium of, as a historian using graphic novels and that's something that's been explored in, in school curriculums for history and other areas 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I, but I didn't really, you know, even consider this until we just started talking about it. But I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself even more drawn to your project as a result because I think that's pretty, pretty admirable. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you a, a couple of things about yourself um, in relation to history too, because uh, most of the guys on the show are in their mid to late thirties, and we grew up with. Well, I know I grew up with comics and wrestling, but we all grew up with wrestling. And you notice, uh, I noticed you talk about Georgie Animal Steel, who's the character that drew you in. Uh, he was my second favorite wrestler. The guy who drew me in was superstar Billy Graham. But uh, eventually I would be exposed to George. I was wondering, who was the second wrestler that really captured your imagination? It's, it's, such, an obscure, it's such an obscure thing, too. But, uh, you know, I had seen the first Saturday Night's main event with Georgie Animal Steel, and, you know, he totally hooked me, and I started watching wrestling, and then. I went to my uh, my first live event very very soon thereafter. Um, you know, my mom saw how into it I was, so she took me to to the thing. And the one guy who stood out to me the most at the time was Rick McGraw, who was sort of like a jobber to the stars, really, when he was in WWE. Um, and he was wrestling, and I know a little bit better now, but he was wrestling Randy Savage that night. When you know, this is right when when Randy first entered WWE or WWF at the time, and uh, it was such a it's he ended up losing and it was a great match, you know, and he you know showed a lot of fire and you know at the end of the day, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with you know Randy being his opponent, but uh, you know that was when I left. I was like, oh, that's my guy, but uh, you know he actually died uh, not too long after that. You know, he was one of the first sort of casualties of the. 80s wrestling machine. I I also noticed uh, you got Spidey in there, and on this on this particular character, we uh, were the same. I I love me some Spider-Man. First character that drew me in uh, was a result of the old classic television series before I even picked up a comic book. Uh, what was your second uh, superhero, or was it even a, a, a powered character that would uh, draw you in? X-Men is what really, like, Spider-Man got my attention, but, like, the, the old Claremont, Chris Claremont X-Men is what got me uh, really in, like, deep into comics and, like, collecting. Um, that's what uh, that's what made me really love it. For a long time, that was all I was reading. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, X-Men, X-Factor, um, you know, the X-Books. And then I went to college, and I stopped collecting for four years because I was playing football and... I mean, I was a biochemistry major, and I just didn't have, I didn't have time, I didn't have the ability, I didn't have a car, you know, I didn't have the ability to collect, and then when I got out of college, I started, uh, I started collecting again, and, uh, filling up the holes in my collection and whatnot, and that's when I sort of became exposed to other comics, like other types of comics, Preacher, and, uh, Transmetropolitan, um, and most of all, Concrete was the was the main one that uh, made me really want to be a comic book writer. And that's when I sort of the the beginnings of this sort of started to percolate in my head that you know maybe this was something that I wanted to do. The the whole idea of what a comic book is in 2014 is really a lot different than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. Um, I I know a lot of adults that. You know, continue to collect as well, and, and some of the titles you mentioned, as well as uh, you know the traditional superhero style roles. Uh, 
was was there anyone like when you mentioned the idea was kind of percolating was there any one particular alternative to superhero comic if that's the right term i don't know <laughs> um that really like kind of pulled the trigger and said yeah i'm gonna do this i'm definitely i'm gonna go all in and, and make uh headlock a reality yeah it was definitely uh it was concrete things like a mountain um to this day, I love that book, and you know, I don't, I don't geek out too much when I go to conventions now because I've met everybody. But uh, I really get, I, I always get excited when I see Paul Chadwick, um, which I don't see Paul Chadwick too much anymore at shows, which is kind of a shame. But uh, that was, uh, that was the book, man. That totally was like, wow, you know, it was, it was sort of, you know, informative. Like you were, you would learn stuff, and it was, you know it raised some, some powerful questions in your head. And I was like, man, this is so much more different than anything I've ever expected. And it's just, it's something that I fight with all the time with people about, you know, getting them to understand that comic books aren't just superheroes, that, you know, uh, history of violence and road to perdition, you know, ghost world, like those are comic book movies too, not just, you know, Green Lantern and Avengers and whatnot. So, you know, that was the one that really did it. And then, uh, you know, and then I discovered, like I said, I discovered Preacher and Transmet and, uh, you know, over the years, like just, you know, Vertigo and Image and independent stuff. And it's really totally changed my perception of comics. And, uh, you know, I, I try to always, uh, it's something I try to impress upon people. You know, I always mention, you know, people know Walking Dead is a comic book. Yeah, and yeah, that, I was, was going to ask you about that next. Go up, continue, by but, all but means. But it doesn't seem to. But it doesn't seem to translate. People still seem to think, you know, you know. I had a guy that that read the book, you know, the other day, and he was just like, "Wow!" He goes, "He goes, this isn't what I expected from a comic book." But, you know, that's the that's the battle. So it's just as much of a battle on the wrestling side as when people, you know, assume WWE is, you know, is it for wrestling as well. So. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to be said about that with the uh, the expanding, you know, I guess modern era of what's replaced the territory model, um, you know, from pro wrestling guerrilla to pro wrestling syndicate. You know, we have uh, Lucha Underground just debuted this week. Um, or, actually, that's a, 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 an interesting question we could ask you. Uh, we were talking about that just before we had you on. Did you did you manage to catch uh, the debut of that show? Because I I personally did feel nuances of more contemporary comic book style storytelling from what I saw. I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. There's certainly a lot of um, more more thought it seems going into the the storytelling side of things, and perhaps that's an you know a part of having Robert Rodriguez as part of the uh, the creative team on that. Um, the only the only thing that really bothered me was I like I thought the the video package for Sexy Star was one of the best things I've seen in wrestling in such a long time. Like that's such a such an like an easy character to really connect with people. Um, like I thought that was amazing. Like just watching that video package, but then she lost. Like I thought that was <laughs> such a such a mistake to have that character lose. I feel like that character's got to win before people start, you know, cheating the beater. Um, but that was, I mean, like, I thought that was one of the most, like, I was watching that, and I was like, oh, man, that's such a such a great idea. And, I mean, especially with the style of guys they've got, you know. They've got, I mean, they've got smaller, quicker guys, so you don't have, like, an obvious size difference when you got, 
you know, monsters like Kane and Undertaker running around. So, uh, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a character that could really catch on. You know, that's an excellent point. We uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the the loss to Sexy Star and uh, a very valid criticism. You kind of put that much time into the character, and it was a very swift uh, loss. Uh, what what about um, how did you feel about the Ricochet? Well, I guess he's Prince Puma now, um, and Johnny Mundo, aka John Morrison, WWE fame. I thought it was a good match. Um, I would have liked. I mean, I'm obviously friends with Morrison. He's doing a story for my next book. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them. And I understand why they do it. I think I would have liked to see him have different gear, you know, and not just, you know, come out in his old Morrison attire. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I thought the match itself was really good. Um, I uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it was high flying. It was different enough. And I mean, Morrison is always uh, good for enough of those, you know, really amazing sort of moments. And actually, so was Ricochet. So I think it was a good main event and a good uh, a good way to start. Yeah, I, I certainly was uh, an instant fan. I'm definitely going to be giving the show a chance. Um, I'm hoping hoping they uh, they succeed. But um, I also am hoping you know your project is going to have lots of success as well. Uh, I'm starting to see more and more parallels. Having you know, had the opportunity to talk with you today about about uh, where your comic universe is headed and looking at um independent and and you know the outside sort of the mainstream world of, of professional wrestling and we uh we here at board wrestling fan we're, we're always trying to help out our, our fellow independent uh wrestling promotions local or not local and uh i'm, I'm i'd like to say it's you know uh i'd like to extend that that you know sentiment towards your your project it's really a fantastic idea. I, I I did have one question. I, it's already been kind of answered to me um, from I think so. Joe here, one of the <laughs> if it's the warrior question, we talked about that when you were off the air. Yeah, um, it was. But for the to the to the listeners at home that might not be familiar, if you go to the Kickstarter, and it's a very well written document. It'll answer many, many, many questions about the project. Uh, one particular thing stood out to me, and it states that there will be no beating up naked Santa Claus. And I'm really uh, curious about what happened, what your take on that is, now that I've become familiar with where it occurred. You know, I just, I mean, the Warrior is an interesting guy. Um, and he's, I think he was, I mean, he was trying to make a point, and I don't know about, I, I don't know about, you know, him sort of being a, a hero to people and you know sort of considering Santa Claus I guess a false hero and whatever but uh, <laughs> sometimes the uh, sometimes the uh, execution doesn't always uh, fit the uh, fit the intention so I, it uh, it's definitely it's, it's a shame because I mean on some level like that, I, I like the warrior personally um, we've had a, a couple of conversations and he was going to he was going to do a cover for my book, but, uh, the, uh, that's, it's sort of, that's become like the, the standard bearer for, you know, awful wrestling comics. Like that scene is the, and it's crazy though. On some level there's, I mean, people don't remember there was like a, 
there's like a Paul Bear rape scene in one of the chaos books that they don't, you know, people don't really talk about, but uh, it was really uh, kind of unsettling um, that I think is just horrendous. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of stuff, but that's like sort of the one moment that everybody sort of remembers that <laughs> the, uh, the warrior naked Santa Claus. Like a Katie Vick moment for comic books and wrestling. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Put that fish over people's heads, unfortunately, in the interview. My bad. But <laughs> uh, what do you uh, what do you have coming up that I know uh, I heard you were it was pro wrestling syndicate that you were most recently at. Where can uh, where can people listening today come and check you out uh, at, at any events coming up live and maybe pick up some issues? Um, well, my next show that I plan on attending is uh, 2CW on November 21st. Uh, they got the Dudleys and the Young Bucks, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. Um, that's uh, upstate New York promotion, and they're really fantastic. Um, they get a lot of, you know, they'll bring in a name. And, I mean, I see a lot of, I've been to a lot of indies where they bring in a name and the guy kind of just, you know, phones it in or whatever. But for whatever reason, whenever the names come to 2CW, they really they put on their working shoes and they... Uh, they really, they really bring it. It's, uh, it's a great promotion, and I'd love to see them get more, uh, more love. But uh, I'm definitely going to that show. Um, I'm almost always when I go, I'm usually set up there. And which, uh, you know, with the do you know? I don't mean to cut in. Which of... do you know what where um two CW well, what's two CW show you're going to be at or? It's November twenty first. Okay. I used to know because that that runs it. through that runs through my area, so I was just wondering. I think it's in Watertown, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, no, that's not well. That's not my that's not my area, but that's like an hour away. So that's well, that gives me at? something to think about, eh? Where there you, you go, Chi. Make the trip, buddy. I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, so it's a yeah, I'm in, drive for me. I, I'm out of Syracuse. I'm out of Syracuse, New York. I was just wondering, oh, because I know they do some science sometimes. In, I was do. born in Syracuse, New York. Huh? I was born in Syracuse, New York. Oh, cool. Sweet. <laughs> I was too, <laughs> so. Salve High School, brother. <laughs> Wait, what high, what high school? Salve High School. Salve? Okay. No, I, I, was Liver I went to Liverpool. <laughs> sure, right across the lake. <laughs> So it's always great to have fellow New Yorkers on the show. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely my next one. Um, I'm still working out my convention schedule for uh, for 2015. I mean, we always do San Diego. We always do New York. Um, almost definitely doing C2E2. I'm working out some other ones. We try to get to some different places. Um, I haven't quite uh, I haven't quite finalized it yet. Um probably doing Magic City Comic Con in Miami in January um, just because the guy that puts on that show always puts on a great show but uh, beyond that I mean we gotta you know we gotta put this thing into production and I've got uh, you know seven wrestlers and five comic book artists and uh, a comedian to wrangle um, so it's gonna be a you know it's a logistical mountain to, to put these books together <laughs> Now, I know people can uh, find out more about Headlocked Comic at headlockedcomic.com. And on Twitter, I believe you're at Headlocked Comic. Am I correct? 
It's all everything. Yeah, all of our social media is Headlock Comic. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My Xbox gamer tag. Nice. Uh, hey, well, if if uh, one part in question, speaking of Xbox, uh, any thoughts on any wrestling games that you played lately, or do you have a favorite all time that you would want to let us know about? Because that's a yet another I mean, thing that we share an interest in. My my old, I mean, I haven't played a lot recently. Um, I mean, I don't know if anything like I loved, you know, the old Nintendo sixty four wrestling. I think was uh, always uh, always my favorite. Um, you know, I think, uh, man, was it No Mercy? That was a great game. Um, but there was, uh, I haven't played uh, 2K15. I don't think I played 2K14. I still have uh, I still have the last Batman game and the South Park game unopened because uh, I've been on the road so much for the last, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 weeks just trying to promote and... Uh, you know, before that, we were just trying to get the book together. So, you know, I mean, I have a regular job that pays my bills and whatnot. So, like, I don't make money off a of headlock, and I don't really care about that so much. You know, we just like to keep it going. Um, but you know, obviously, I work a you know, I work sixty hours a week, and then I spend the rest of my time, you know, on these books. And you know, a lot of times I'll get out of work on a you know a Friday morning and drive to a show and do the show for three days, and I get out on Sunday night, leave the show, and go right back to my job. So. You know, it's really a grind sometimes to, uh, you know, to keep it going. But that's the, uh, it's uh, it comes from a place of love. So, well, okay. On then, on that note, um, I I really want to thank you for coming on for almost forty five minutes with us today. Um, considering oh, the, the, the work schedule you have, that's certainly demanding. <laughs> And I, I would like, I would welcome, I would open door anytime you'd like to come back to promote any project. I think uh, we will be more than happy to have you on and help break down the barriers of the comic book world. Certainly. That doesn't want to promote you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. All right. So we know where you're going to be next. We know where people can find the comic. Anything else you want to plug or promote or say or anything else? <laughs> Um, yeah, just to, you know, we've got uh, 50 some odd hours left on the Kickstarter. Um, you know, any, any pledges help, you know, it sounds, it sounds like a, a line, but you know, the number of backers we have is, is just as important as the, as the amount of money we raise. So, I mean, even for people that throw in for a dollar, um, and we have a, we have a promotion for the weekend. Uh, we made a pretty cool zombie, uh, zombie Hulk Hogan print that we have up, uh, on our thing for Halloween and, for people that uh, you know, for a five dollar pledge, we will uh, send you a print quality PDF, um, eleven by seventeen. You can take it to Staples and uh, print it out, and you got a a pretty cool uh, zombie Hulk Hogan print. It's it's actually really awesome. I actually um, saw that on on Facebook. That's actually pretty cool. I did see that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the uh, you know we're just trying to get you know sometimes on the uh, sometimes on the weekends. You know, on holidays and stuff, Kickstarters don't move as well, so we try to make a little, you know, seasonal promotion there to get people, uh, get people talking and keep people talking about it. But, uh, you know, we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna set up a stretch goal. We're gonna do another animated, uh, motion comic. I'm gathering up some guys to do voices. I know Ken Anderson's gonna do one for us. Uh, you know, Kevin Gill's gonna do one, and we're working on some other names. You know, we have a, we have a we did a motion comic with our last Kickstarter, and I'd like to be able to do another one 
you know, hopefully, you know, if I could get the series anywhere sort of licensed, I would like to do an animated series, like a late night type thing. So, um, that's, uh, you know, just try to, you know, even though we're funded just to keep beating the drum, you know? Absolutely. All right, Michael, thank you for your time. Again, with your busy work schedule, we really appreciate you calling in. It, uh, giving no us some time. problem at all. I mean, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you guys giving me uh, a platform to talk about my nonsense. As G said, you're welcome back anytime you like. Just, uh, you know, you can get a hold of us or, you know, even go through Cassidy again and uh, and, and get with him get a, and get on a, get a time to get on. And, uh, I mean, you're welcome anytime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank yeah. you. All right. Take care. Thanks, Take man. care. Have Thanks, a good day. All right. That was uh, pretty cool. Again, uh, Kickstarter. You can go fund Headlocked, uh, Volume Two. Go which, follow. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. Yeah. Get the the latest updates. This is uh, this is a really cool project, guys. Um, you know, it's, I think. When when we got this message about not even a week ago, I was like, "Oh man, we we gotta look into this." It sounds really fascinating. I mean, incorporating all this history, all the uh, sort of underside, and uh, that you know we're fans of of wrestling, the things that don't get enough exposure, and you know it's it's, it's kind of frustrating to hear that uh, someone with such a good idea is not even getting attention in the medium that they're making the project, and yet they're getting all this critical acclaim from people involved in it. It's it's a head scratcher, folks. Definitely a head scratcher to me. But uh, yeah, listeners, definitely go check this out. There's lots of samples and previews and things that you know will give you a better taste about what Headlock: The Last Territory is all about. It's, it's, if you're a comics fan, the art is really good. The just, storytelling seems really good. Just to give you an idea, I'm on the uh, I'm on his Facebook page right now for for Headlock, and. It says, featuring story and art by AJ Styles, John Morrison, Booker T, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Kaylin Croft, Tony Atlas. Come on, that, that's that's like a who's who of, of uh, wrestling and artists in wrestling, uh, For in Tony Atlas' case. And uh, Booker T, he was saying, is is one of the artists, which I didn't even know Booker T could draw, <laughs> to be honest with you. I knew Jerry Lawler obviously could and, and did the covers for his uh, for all of his projects. That's it's pretty cool, man. That's... Uh, <laughs> At least he's got some of the wrestlers on board if he can't get the comic book people behind him. Well, they, at least we know they, uh, we got we got their backs. We got their back issues, haha. <laughs> <laughs> get my comic joke in there. Um, and I believe we're probably at that point of the show where uh, somebody has a break song, aren't we? It is my break song, and I, I was debating back and forth all day if I want to go with my original break song which will give us a, f- a few extra minutes than if I went with like a Static X song because Wayne Static passed away last night uh, but I am going to stick with my original break song but I do want to you know say that uh, you know uh, give my condolences to Wayne Static his family his friends all the other artists that have worked with him I- I've seen Static X a couple of times and I always loved Static X whenever they would come to town um and uh, you know Wayne Static's assertion that he is not the Slim Jim guy, <laughs> but uh, I, I did decide I'm going to stick with my original break song, uh, which is a track by the Aquabats from the album Myths, Legends, and Other Amazing Adventures, Volume Two. 
and the song is called I Fell Asleep on My Arm and here it is on my desk to help me get through this mess. I fell asleep and before I was done, I woke up in shock, my whole arm was numb. I woke up in shock, my whole arm was numb. I woke up in shock, my whole arm was numb. I woke up in shock! I fell asleep on my arm! all this jumping around has really helped the circulation come back into my arm. Man, cool. Alright guys, 
Want to go jogging? Sure. Where do you want to go? Let's go to the park. Ah, the Aquabats. They have a show on the Hub Network called the Aquabats Super Show. Very entertaining. Reminds me of their stage show. It's also great. But, uh, so yesterday was Halloween. Or was that two days oh, ago? Two days ago. Friday was Halloween. Whatever, man. Come on. Three I'm day weekends thrown me off. I got the stu- Three day weekends thrown me off, man. I, I <laughs> uh, and then I go back to work tonight and I'm off again tomorrow. <laughs> it's weird to me. Anyway, but Halloween was two days ago and we had a uh, Halloween party. And JT's going to tell you all about it. Well, I don't have to tell anything about it. I just was going to talk about it. I I just wanted to see, you know, what everybody thought, you know. (laughs) I've been talking about it for months, (laughs) you know. Oh, see, I thought you were going to read it on air, so I haven't read it. (laughs) I'm not reading it, no. Why do you think I posted it? I said it wasn't going to. See, Joe, you run a podcast, you don't even listen, because I said two weeks ago it wasn't going to be read on air. Well, yeah, that's too much. You know how much <laughs> I pay attention to this show. <laughs> well, did anybody read it? <laughs> I read it. I don't know about uh, art, but uh, we, we, no, we, we went to the party together. <laughs> well, you didn't really mess. I, I don't know. I just It was just something I just went through and I... That I was hoping you guys, uh, hopefully it was enjoyable. I don't know. I I liked it. I just I don't know what to say about it. You know, there was there was some stuff I just didn't. Well, actually, I wanted to ask what did you, what did you guys G G and Mark think of it? I'm just reading through it now. As I said, I thought we were going to read it on the air. <laughs> See, it wasn't just me. Okay, <laughs> I, I specifically said it wasn't going to be read on the air because there was going to be too many guest spots in it. Now I remember you. Now, now I remember you saying that. Now I wasn't going to reveal who was going to be in it because I, I like how I was me. <laughs> George. Was oh no, dude, you didn't read through it then because it's, well, well, in the first paragraph, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I'm also no, trying to host I, the show while I'm reading it. <laughs> I, I can honestly say I did it. I not only read it once, I read it more than once. I actually went through and fixed a whole bunch of uh, grammatical errors and capitalization mistakes because <laughs> I can't help myself. But I enjoyed it. Um, three CDs for all. That was an interesting. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> we got uh, that, that was that was the. Insp- I'll just say this much: George getting fired from that band was pretty much the inspiration for me starting this whole thing. <laughs> it was supposed to be George getting his ultimate revenge. <laughs> and then it just kind of went from there. A lot of this, like, like that was one of the main things that was there for most most of the time. Of it. That was like, okay, so how am I going to do this? How is this? And then I started watching Nitro, and that's how I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to go down. I actually, actually, I had... um. I had Mark. Mark was kind of was weird because I know the character I went with Mark for the thing was. Yeah, now I love it. <laughs> well, I, I that was originally how I was gonna go through, and I forgot about it for some reason. I was gonna actually ask you, and I was gonna like just keep it secret, and then I then for some reason I I came up with a you were gonna be Stephen Regal, and then you were gonna bitch because you were the Brit. Why you always had to play the British characters in these things? 
and um, then you were going to disappear and you were going to show back up as Disco Inferno. <laughs> and then, then, I, then I thought I was going to do everybody more. That when I was going to do it, where everybody was going to morph into everybody's costumes were just going to change through the whole thing. It was like, no, no, I can't do that. But that was just too much work. But you know, it, it it was kind of fun. It was kind of I had fun doing it. You know, I'm I'm glad that at least it kind of went over well. You know, I I wish you guys had read it before <laughs> before the show because I wanted to. Re- you know, I just I don't know. That was pretty much it. Like a lot of some of it, I came up with just this week. Like the whole McMichael Gary Barnage confronta- confrontation. <laughs> I came up with Friday morning. I'm like. All right, no, I came up Thursday between Thursday and Friday. I'm like, yeah, I can go there. Because <laughs> initially, a lot of people are just going to come. Like, obviously, there's people with one line in it. And it's like, th- that was like Gary. Gary was going to come in and be gone. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've got this football player character that has gone on air calling the kitty cat leagues and talks about how his football team was the greatest Super Bowl championship team ever. You know, <laughs> I'm like, and then, like, like I said, with the ending, I, I don't know if you guys have completely went through it. That was the ending. I'm like, you know what? That's how it how it ended. <laughs> that is a good that's, ending. That's, I, I just read the ending. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I, have to read the. I'm gonna have to read like in depth the whole thing, but I just kind of like skimmed through it. <laughs> but yeah, no, m- m- that was my thing. I was gonna have everybody morph. I was gonna have like, I was gonna still have Mark do do the um, Mark go from Stephen Regal to um. Disco Inferno, and then him and G were just gonna go dance off somewhere, <laughs> and and you were gonna obviously you were gonna become DDP, and I was gonna have George become become Conan, but I was like, but then I couldn't, you know, I I don't speak Spanish, I don't know how to you know spell any of the Spanish words, so I was like, I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm like. I I couldn't, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to go too overboard, but I didn't want to make it too. You know, too out there. I just I, I went with it, and then I kind of went the whole okay. I want I wanted it to end that. I wanted to end it with you giving me the di- the diamond cutter. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling this if you haven't read it, but and I'm like I figure how am I going to get there? And obviously, you guys know how that have read it now. You've seen how I went that went that way, <laughs> brother. And like, like the whole McMichael dance, getting all the the, the NFL players, con- his teammates confused, and doing the Ifiki shuffle. I was like, yeah, that's I, I've been thinking about that for I'm like I got to get that in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and legit, if if you haven't seen the commercials with Icky Woods doing the Icky shuffle, I love store, that commercial. It's, the, it's a Geico commercial. It's probably online. You can look it up. <laughs> I love that commercial. Go and get some cold cuts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, pretty much that was it. The most that was pretty much it. And like I said, it was good. It was it was a good two months because, like I said, I came up with the idea roughly. It's been re- roughly a little over two months since they kicked George out of that band, and th- that was kind of like the start started on the whole thing. That was like the first thing I came up with. So I've been sitting with that around for two months now. So. And that's how it got started. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then how am I going to, where am I going to go? And it was like, you know, I had Maven fan and real life Maven fan, um, you know, show up. And it was like, okay, what am I going to have them do? <laughs> you know, and it was, 
I, I, it was, I don't know. It's just about it, you know. Like some of this, like say some of the stuff I came up with this week, like triple A, like triple JT burying a pole. That was obviously <laughs> something I came up with this week. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll put that in there for a while. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was about it. I don't know if there's anything more you want to say. And like even Maven fan, Maven fan was retweeting out to me yesterday about her, her her parts in it, and it was like, well, I wasn't trying to be historically accurate. I'm just kind of what the way of things. <laughs> I like some of these chic tweets this week. So we're gonna like I I know you usually get cut, and that was discussed, but I want to hear the chic tweets. You just want to hear the first one, I know. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I was reading through them. I, I kind of like them. <laughs> there wasn't a lot this week anyway. He was doing a lot of promoting for his um, roast in New York City, so I was like, yeah, I, I just kind of like skipped through a lot of it. Like, this is pretty much what the, the crumb de la crumb. Um, so the first one, Wayne Static, God bless you forever, Bubba. Fuck the November. Trick or go fuck yourself. Fuck the Minnie Mouse, that gold digger bitch. For the Halloween, I wish that Paula Dean die of e- the Ebola. <laughs> Bubba LeBron, you have the show the show polish in your fucking hair. You need you need Iron Cheek real ha- real haircut. The Opie and Jimmy know I am the legend. The boys to men know not to fuck with me. Now I love them forever. <laughs> The boys to men, not fucking, not the fucking boys to the jabroni. They know they can beat the fuck out of all three at the same time. Hulk Hogan, you lucky I never break your fucking leg. I take the belt to the Minnesota, you howdy doody fucking jabroni. <laughs> Just imagine him getting high and listening to boys to men. <laughs> they were on, boys to men was on Fox, um... NFL Sunday this morning. Uh, it sounded a little odd <laughs> to just randomly mention them. Somebody just yeah, I, at my Halloween uh, party the other day. Somebody just uh, like last uh, the other day. So last week it was. And somebody's like, "Do you know boys to men are still together? Like, dude, they're coming to Buffalo." And yes, I've known that for a long time. Yeah. Just one of them is not with them anymore. Yeah, that was the same thing because they played they played Syracuse. Quite a few years ago, I, was, I think it was the same year I saw MC Hammer. They played the State Fair that my that, I, and they played the night before. So yeah, I know they've been they've been doing the the tour thing. I think they just released a new album now. That's why. Okay, that would be why uh, people are asking about them and talking about them. I guess. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, our news, according to, uh, well, kudos to AngryMarks.com, DailyNews.com, and, of course, our boys at CheapHeat.com. Big shout-out to Cassidy for getting us that interview earlier on the show. Uh, and, of course, our shout-out in the meantime to our boys at Booker T's, Alice RWR podcast, and, uh, you know, everybody else we've done business with. <laughs> uh, according to a person live in attendance at SmackDown, at the SmackDown taping, the show started off with Big Show in the ring. He got on the microphone and told the fans that Daniel Bryan would need another surgery and asked them to do the yes chant so they could film it and send it to Bryan as a get well soon type of thing. As it turns out, this wasn't why they did it. SmackDown opened on Friday night with Vince's announcement of the WWE Network's free November thing 
And they bothered to fight, uh, pipe in cheers and have Eden and Vince do voiceovers with bad echo effects to make it sound like they like it actually happened at the show. And then they showed the crowd doing the yes chants with a video of McMahon edited onto the Titantron. Basically, WWE used Brian and his injury to get the crowd to cheer and chant so that they could use it to make it look like they were reacting to Vince's announcement about the network. And that just really fucks me off for some reason. <laughs> this is what pisses me off is JT and I are paying customers for the WWE Network, and because we're paying customers, we don't fucking get November for free. And it's our goddamn birth month. Yes. Oh, yes, true. But I've noticed this. Um, I know they, they give us something. Because I know, like, when I I um renewed my my actual... The day I renewed the... the, the um. It, it gave me more time. It said my my um my expiration date was like after like a week after. So they might add. We might get added time on to our already subscription. Don't, can't you just cancel it now? Then get November free. No, yeah. no, no, no. And 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 I'll tell you. I, I know what you're getting at. Is that they are now offering nine ninety nine a month with no six month commitment. However, that starts in December for me, according to the email I got. So I'm still in my six-month commitment until November is over, and then in December I can be like, okay, fuck this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just gonna pay the nine ninety nine whenever I feel like it. If the pay per view is gonna suck that month, I don't have to keep my subscription. I will because I like the original programming. But wait, so so basically, I don't have a six. I have to renew every month now. Yes. Or do do I or do I still have no, my six? I, month? I bet it auto renews, and you can just. It auto renews, yeah. It auto renews, and then you can decide later if you want to uh, continue to renew. If you want to stop it from auto renewing, you can. Which is actually good for them because I had Netflix for about half a year without ever watching anything on there. I uh, I, I just I forgot slash couldn't be bothered to cancel my subscription. That's me right now. That's why I'm broke. Is because I got to pay freaking Netflix and I don't even watch it. <laughs> but I do watch it now though, so it's all good. <laughs> My wife watches. It wasn't even working the other night. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we talked about Billy Jack Haynes last week, right? Did we? I don't know. Well, yeah, I think we did. Uh, he's suing WWE. Uh, it yeah, includes we, yeah. claims that he was forced to work for 97 straight days, forced to work 27 out of 30 days in any month, forced to take steroids to maintain his or improve his physique, and forced to do blood matches, uh, which caused him to contract hepatitis C. Uh the Argonian, is that how you pronounce that? Covers Billy Jack Haynes' lawsuit against the WWE. Uh, WWE spokesman Brian Flynn spoke to some of the claims in the suit and noted WWE has committed significant funding for concussion research to the Sports Legacy Institute, does co- impact concussion, concussion testing, and also that they have banned deliberate and direct blows to the head. And I think they also said that uh, he's way out of the statute of limitations on these things because he worked for them in like the 80s Lucha Underground wants both Rey Mysterio and Alberto Del Rio when they are completely free of all WWE obligations yay (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy with that me too because somehow they made me care about Chavo I think ADR will be suddenly interesting again I just, just put him in a mask well, ret- he could. He started off in a mask. I say the return of Dos Caras Jr. John Cena is no longer being advertised for Raw in Buffalo. 
Yay. <laughs> but Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are. Hooray! Wee! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> ah. Gee, what oh, am I going to do without John Cena here? <laughs> I don't put all the news in this thing, man. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But no, like, ser- seriously, like, what, is he too good for Buffalo? Like, what, what the hell does he got going on that he can't make Monday Night Raw when his whole fucking gimmick right now is, I'm here every week for you people! Yeah, that's why. That's one of the things I was wondering because I know he was still he was being. I I think yeah, WWE is in Syracuse today, and they, he was being advertised for Syracuse. But didn't he come out on Raw on Monday? Like just this past Monday, like oh Brock Lesnar's not here, but I'm here every week. He's afraid of George chanting bullshit at him again. Yeah, <laughs> but but seriously, wasn't that like the whole gist of his promo yeah, this week? Seriously, that that is the gist. That. <laughs> what he's saying now i'm here every week except for next week <laughs> oh, fucking hell. like I every time the rock says i'm never leaving again <laughs> yeah oops gotta go film film another movie <laughs> the rock m-o-o-n that spells movie when the rock was seeing it was feuding with cena the first time the they did it was the rock i was talking about earlier the promo the rock cut on the on the titantron was Finally, The Rock has come back to Buffalo. Like, uh, no, the fuck you haven't. Where the fuck are you then? <laughs> you know? Uh, anyway. Man, you haven't even gone to Raw yet. You're already angry. <laughs> are you actually going? Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually have tickets. You should demand a refund because Cena's not there. I should. I'd be like, no, no, Cena was advertised until I got tickets. As soon as <laughs> I got tickets, subject John, to change. As soon as I got tickets, John Cena's like, oh, I'm not going to be in Buffalo. <laughs> Fuck that thing, he, so he, Joe guy. Said you're his biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just skipping Maven fan more ammo, dude. I know. <laughs> he's Maven fans tweets. He's worried about what you'll do to him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was hoping to get him to sign mine and JT's uh, John Cena birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck, man. No, Just hand him some icing and say, can you sign this cake? <laughs> yeah. That's not icing. <laughs> M-O-O-N. That spells icing. No, I, I, it, seriously, though, I just find it funny. His whole fucking gimmick is like, I'm here every week, and then he's not here this week. The week after. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, <laughs> what the fuck? But hey, I'm getting the Wyatts. That's good. And uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, uh, Street Fight is the advertised main event. So obviously, that's the dark, probably be the dark, match. dark, dark main event. Obviously, yeah. Uh, the latest WWE tryouts in the Performance Center were specifically looking for Hispanic or Latino talent. And masked wrestler Cody Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by That's com. That's good. <laughs> oh, but I, I read this in the week, but I didn't get the joke until now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> I'm sure we're talking about him in a few minutes, too. So <laughs> Defying all odds, going up against Hell in a Cell and Sunday Night Football, the viewership was up for Total Divas on Sunday. 1.13 million people tuned in. Yep. Yay. <laughs> I wonder what the rating for uh, The Walking Dead was. Probably like 17 million. I'm sure. 
<laughs> Reports of Randy Orton having a back injury going into Hell in a Cell are at best exaggerated and at worst not bad enough to have put him on WWE's internal injur- injury list. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he was taking some bumps in that match. I don't think he was uh, too badly injured, as we were uh, speculating last week. Uh, this just in from CNN. Timothy Wren's expertise news reporting is shot down. WWE recently applied for... Oh, is that the... That's part of the last story. Okay, I get it. No, it's the formatting gets fucked up when people add stuff to the document sometimes. And yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> WWE recently applied for trademarks for WCW and NWO New World Order and also applied for a new trademark to Undertaker, claiming the first use of the word was back on December 31st, 1981. Revisionist history, folks. Uh-huh. What? Who, the, the, who was the Undertaker in 1981? I, uh, I don't know. Damien uh, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Was it Marty McFly? Could have been. WWE is launching a new line of workout gear called Cena. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> awesome. It's uh, it's it's like jorts <laughs> and some sweatbands. <laughs> you know, you kid, but it's probably what it is. I wouldn't doubt it. No, it's 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 gym shorts that look like shorts. <laughs> WWE trademarked the name Slayomi for a use by a performer last month. Is that like some new gimmick for Naomi? Probably, you think? Because oh, you know totally. we 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 can't confuse uh, we we can't confuse our audience by having two similarly named individuals. Well, then we need to change Heath Slater's name. Slater and Slayomi's too close. Yeah. Oh, God. Heath Slater's going to team up with Naomi. Oh, God. <laughs> Shelby Dorothy to his Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. It was. The Scarecrow segment. I love how Ryback <laughs> threw that shit in the air and then <laughs> yeah. he timed it. That was really a neat looking spot. That was a good visual. By the way, can we talk about Ryback real quick? Because. He came back on Monday night. And gee, I, I know you're a grammar Nazi like I am. Yes. <laughs> Did you see the pack of his singlet on Monday? Yeah, it was Dan now. <laughs> Dan now <laughs> for life. They cleaned it up by SmackDown. They did. They must I think they just like painted over it. It's like <laughs> Oh shit, that's wrong. <laughs> that bugged me through the whole fucking match. I'm like what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like, oh, oh, I get it. It's supposed to be then. <laughs> T-H-E-N. Not T-H-A-N. Uh. Mojo Raleigh had so- shoulder surgery, but no additional details are available. And G isn't the only one saying. Good. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh but wait, there's even more trademarks. Yes, WWE has filed a trademark for the name Kevin Owens, which may be their new name for Kevin Steen when he debuts. <laughs> uh, Calvin Steen is <laughs> reported to be doing this. I haven't read through the documents, so this is new to me. Calvin Steen is reported to be doing excellent in developmental 
Calvin Stein, rather. Officials consider him capable of accelerating his ascension to the next level with his skill and ability to transcend being an entrance. Hobbs is high on him. <laughs> An unnamed rat-faced wrestler has been noted ca- complaining he didn't get a chance to jam with Sharon and Lois. Rumor has it TNA knockout Bram officially filed officially for divorce. <laughs> yeah, boy. That's brought to you by Victor. By Victor. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible source. <clears throat> but wait, there's more trademarks. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a lot of them. I know. WWE has filed yet another trademark, this time for Immortals. Toys, namely action figures, accessories, therefore, dolls, cases for action figures, toy wrestling rings, play sets, toy vehicles, board games, handheld units for ele- playing electronic game, other than those adopted for use with an electronic display screen or monitor, tabletop action, skill games, playing cards, puzzles, stuffed toys, plush toys, toy belts, toy foam hands, costume masks, costume masks, novelty face masks, Christmas tree decorations. And sex dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had a Seth Rollins one lying around. Ancient Greek, Norse, and former TNA factions have not been reached for comment. <laughs> uh, and that, of course, is brought to you by the second edition of Dungeons & Dragons. WWE has filed a trademark for former diva Eve Torres. Why? Uh, they're, trade- they're, they're, they're filing for people now? They're just trademarking yep. people now? <laughs> They should trademark, trademark, and see what John Cena has to say. Anyway, WWE has officially applied for a trademark on WWE Fastlane, which is the rumor name for the pay-per-view that will replace Elimination Chamber in February. They've also applied for one on The New Day. One of the reasons WWE wants to move Elimination Chamber to June is because Brock Lesnar isn't going to lose the title anytime soon, and they don't expect him to be willing to defend it back-to-back on two shows in two months, Royal Rumble and Inside the Chamber next month. Uh, WWE doesn't... I'm starting to sound like Triple H now. (laughs) They don't want to pull the trigger on Lesnar versus Cena too early. They won't have the match at TLC and will instead wait for the Royal Rumble. As of a couple of days ago, over 100 WWE DVDs had been pulled from Amazon and can now only be pre-ordered, with shape dates starting after January 1st. The belief is that WWE has a brand new home distribution video partner and is reprinting a lot of their current titles to reflect the change. I didn't even know they still made DVDs, but uh, there you go. (laughs) Right? Uh, I wasn't one of my little news bullets, but... Oh... I guess that gives you hope, all you non-network subscribers who don't know how to steal and stream online. <laughs> probably aren't listening to the show either. The WWE Flintstones crossover animated film will be called The Flintstones and the WWE Stone Age Smackdown. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> I still haven't <laughs> seen fun. the Scooby-Doo one. I need to. I, I started watching the Scooby-Doo one and it was like, okay, this... No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I changed the channel because it was on Cartoon Network a, a little while ago. Um, a second WWE Scooby-Doo crossover film, however, is in the works. This time without Sin Cara being the forefront. <laughs> yeah. CM Punk's merchandise has been added back to WWEShop.com with no explanation. The obvious one would be that they came to terms on paying him revenues from his items again. Uh, he will not be returning to WWE, however, despite the new merchandising deal. It's only an agreement between the two sides to pay him revenue on anything of his that is sold. 
There you go. Making that money, Phil. Making that money. Has anybody clicked the link to the CM Punk's merchandise? No. I'm going to now you've suggested there's something there. No, there isn't. It just takes it back to this to this. And I oh, went yeah. to the WWE website. There's no CM. There's like a necklace. That's about that's the only merchandise I could find. Well, maybe that's changed since the news came out. I don't know. At least it's not asking if you're looking for CM Pink. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm always looking for Pink. <laughs> what? She she wrote that one song. <laughs> and it was okay. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Oh, oh well. Maybe oh, maybe boy. it was up there for a bit and then it got taken down. Who knows? Who knows? You can buy the John Cena experience for up to sixty percent off. <laughs> I still gotta get the WCW OMG. Uh, I, I have the WWE one. I gotta get the WCW one. Oh, and the John Cena exercise stuff. Uh, is it is it jorts? <laughs> uh, no, this isn't the official oh. exercise equipment. It's just stuff to wear while you exercise. Okay. Alberto Del Rio has a litany of WWE complaints in his new interview with Fighting Spirit magazine, including that a lot of other WWE employees besides Cody Barbieri have racist tendencies and that WWE is so obsessed with their style they don't wrestlers think outside the box and try anything from Mexico or Japan. He also insinuates that a wrestler on the main roster, with a brother also in the company, only made $500 in one night after working both Superstars and Raw, cutting a long promo and working the dark match after Raw went off the air. Considering that's barely more than enhancement wrestlers get and less than what some top stars make on the indies, that's not an impressive number. And I can say there are 13 pieces of punk merchandise for me, including shirts and hoodies. Hmm. So I just I've got, got the, the necklace. Full selection. I, I just got the necklace. Uh, <coughs> so I who, don't have the necklace. <laughs> so who could, uh, who could Del Rio be talking about? Superstar on the main roster... With a brother also in the company. The only ones I know are the Usos and the Dustin Brothers. Working superstars in Raw, cutting a long promo, and working a dark match after Raw went off the air. If his brother was still in the company, I'd say that could be Dolph Ziggler. But his brother's not in the company anymore. I don't know. It could have been from the past. Could have been. The, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Dolph Ziggler's being abused. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be. I could tell you who it might be. Yeah? But I don't know what the long promo thing is the only thing that throws me off. It would be the Usos. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Or huh. or Cody and uh, Goldust. Yeah. Well, I'm, who knows? That's... Uh, but that's that's not a lot of money for well, doing I mean, that much real, work. Really, if you look at the fact that the person's on Raw and cutting a long promo and working a dark match, that suggests they're in the main event. It's probably one or two of those groups of brothers. I mean, logically, if you think about in the last little while, who's been getting a lot of time? It's been Goldust and Stardust and the Usos. Who else? Who else is? Uh, you know, with, 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 there's no one left to pick from. There's like nobody on the roster these days that gets a lot of time like that. Huh. Anyway, 
just just but that that would be my my best guess. I mean, if you know, you think about it logically and put all those pieces together, it's just the the promo thing for me is suggests it's actually got to be the, one of the Rhodes brothers because I can only think of a couple of promos for Usos have even had, and none of them I would describe as long. It's Kane. <laughs> That's why brother is in quotations. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That could be it. You're right. Actually, that could be why it's in quotations. That's true. <sighs> but do you really think yeah. they'd only pay Kane 500 bucks? <laughs> as long well, as he's been there? What could a demon want? <laughs> I guess. Most of his money probably goes on that pyro. Yeah. Well, the Wells Fargo <laughs> Arena has released this description of the 2015 Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's main event is a battle royal over the top rope 30-man elimination match where only one wrestler will be left standing. Now, G points out in their document here, 40 or 30. And on SmackDown, they also said 30. On SmackDown, they did say 30. They might have changed their minds. Maybe. It kind of su- uh, sucks. I, I would have loved to see them use like 10 of those spots for NXT guys. It was going to be 40, and then they released 10 guys. The first ten over the top get released. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be awesome. Well, not really, but <laughs> nice to see some real stakes in a match, though. Yeah. Triple H has been elected to the board of directors for the Sports Legacy Institute, the group researching sports-related concussions and injuries. Former WWE star and co-founder Christopher Nowinski comments, We are thrilled to welcome Paul Levesque to our board of directors. As an athlete himself, Paul is familiar with the risks associated with concussions. As an executive, Paul has made it a priority to protect WWE's performers through education and awareness, as well as preventative measures and world-class medical care. But as a man who wields a sledgehammer, he's probably given a fair few out. I'm sure. I'm sure he has. <laughs> oh, let's talk money. Money, money, money. Let's talk money. Morale among WWE talent is a little shaken this week, given that the third quarter earnings are about to be revealed, and a lot of wrestlers who are low on the totem pole feel they could be released if the numbers are bad. <laughs> <laughs> JTG sent out a carrier pigeon to unnamed friends and still employed and encouraged them to cancel their phone and communication accounts immediately. <laughs> One WWE analyst thinks the company is for sale, but personally knowing the McMahons, Vince in particular, I highly doubt they won acquisition, let alone a takeover, and would fight one if anybody tried. From August until now, there were 286,000 new users and 250,000 cancels. Uh, This is for the WWE Network. Uh, Net gain is 31,000, even with... 170 new countries. The net gain, the net total, only grew 4%. Uh, this probably means not uh, that everybody not in the U.S. who wanted the network already got it before the official launch. Yep, 286,000 new isn't bad. The 250,000 cancels is. Yeah. If it wasn't for those cancels, we'd say that that's a decent number. Sure. Eesh. Sure, it's a but quarter was, of it's a quarter of what they're trying to get. It's a quarter of what they're trying to get to, but they also lost a quarter of what they're trying to get to. So it's it kind of evens out, and it, it's not good. Uh, it's, That's a nice way of saying it's terrible. Yeah, it's really, really bad. <laughs> but it well, could have been better if it wasn't for all those cancels. And considering 170 new countries. Yes. 
And uh, another one launching tomorrow. The WWE Network will launch for computers, tablets, and smartphones on November 3rd in the United Kingdom. It will be available for Roku, PlayStation, and Xbox on November 18th. I'll try again on the 18th, and it's not on my Xbox, but I only have a 360. They did say it would be on there, though. Oh, don't worry, it won't be free. Nope, the free month of WWE Network going on in November is only for customers in the United States who aren't already subscribed, apparently. I did, I did tweet to at uh, AskWWE Network, and they did confirm for me that it is only for new subscribers. Video Game Nerds Unite! The shittier version of WWE 2K15 officially hit stores Tuesday for 360 and PlayStation 3. The next-gen console versions... Uh, come out November 18th. Get to suck a dick until it comes out November 18th. Cock talk every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Not a boy, JG. <laughs> G was talking about Mets fan forever last week, and we've got news on him. Uh, of course, we had Robo G uh, last week. And uh, this guy's been leaking, or this, this person has been leaking news about WWE for months. Um,. They keep getting it right. Might as well call them the new Dolphins 1925. They broke the Elimination Chamber match change on Reddit the day before Meltzer did. Uh, this user is in the fast lane. Ha 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 Fast lane. Ha. That being <laughs> said, uh, he says that ROH's Red Dragon will get a big push in New Japan going forward. Appar- That's good. Yep. Apparently one of the reasons WWE wants to move... We, we just said this. <laughs> Uh, Alexa Bliss is now a favorite with WWE officials for her work in NXT and is being viewed as the future of the Divas division on TV along with Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. I can live with that future. Now, there was word going so around... my cat, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> there was word going around that The Undertaker was working uh, with developmental talent, uh, but WWE says the reports are inaccurate. Yeah, so fuck you, dirt sheets. Uh-huh. Uh, Thea Vidal, you, you remember Shelton Benjamin's mama? <laughs> uh, she tells Neil Morgan that she was sexually harassed in WWE on a daily basis. I genuinely hated that place. While I was there, I was sexually harassed every day by a, middle, uh, by a perverted middle-aged man that didn't understand what no meant. It was disgusting. I'll never forget the day he came into my changing area with his private parts hanging out of his pants. I made up my mind at that point that I was done with the company. So now, back then, could we call Vince middle-aged? Yeah, it was Vince. You think it was Vince? <laughs> it's no. got to be Vince. No, I don't Maybe. think it was Vince. You have a theory, G? No, I just don't think it would be Vince. Yeah, true. Well, the joke is that he liked to sleep around with the Divas. Yeah, but I would imagine it would be a road agent. It was Hayes, the early yep, years. There you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I can, yeah, with Hayes' history, we can believe it was Hayes. Mick Foley has some news. I actually read this the other day. Uh, he says that, uh, I want to load the thing because it's not fully here on the in our notes. Uh, come on, I scroll down. There's more to it because him being somewhere might not be the news for <laughs> Uh, he's absolutely thrilled to report that on November 23rd at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, his one-man stage show is finally going to be filmed for TV. 
He says, I love the venue. I've been there twice to see my friends in Puss and Boots play and even sang Silent Night with Nora Jones at the Christmas show last December. Okay, that is pretty good. That is pretty good and pretty big news. If you haven't seen his his, uh, one-man show, it is excellent. Very, very funny. Very good. Yes. Kurt Angle's new deal with TNA allows him to split his time between the promotion and doing work in Hollywood, which is uh, what he was trying to get out of WWE, of course, but uh, they wouldn't give him that. That only lasts for another three weeks anyway. Yeah, (laughs) because if you read any of the rumors that John Big Gabrick was in uh, New York trying to finalize a TV deal for TNA, those rumors are false. He's at the offices in Nashville, as per usual. Okay, this is this can't be real news, right? I mean, Ric Flair and Dennis Rodman filmed a fitness DVD together. <laughs> that, that's that's so, somebody just threw that in there and and, tri- and attributed it to PWI. That that can't be. <laughs> Ric Flair is doing a fucking fitness DVD. Yeah, all these cake. links roll back to our our documents, so I can't check the link. Um. Well, I'm double checking though. They are. Oh, no, this is Shape Up presents Dennis Rodman versus Ric Flair. We've got two of the biggest showboating personalities in sports history going head to head in a battle of brawn and bravado. The ultimate Shape Up showdown, Tuesday, October twenty eighth, one p.m. MBS Media Campus, Manhattan yeah, Beach, California. Real. Join the fun and RV. But since it's over, you can't. To be the man, you got to beat the man, or just be there to witness one man beat off the other man. <laughs> Crock Talk every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Brought to you by Brazzers. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday morning, I'm at home. I'm sitting on the couch watching The Simpsons. My wife calls me up. She says, maybe it was Friday morning. She's, uh, yeah, it was Friday morning because it was Halloween. She said uh, she wanted she wanted me to bring her some makeup that she had left at home because at her work she could dress up for Halloween. So, Okay, yeah, I'll bring you the makeup. Let me, you know, bring bring it there for lunch. I got there like super early, so I went to like this one store in the mall, and uh, I was looking at the wrestling figures they have, and they have like some old ones, including a two pack of Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> but the figures are so freaking bad that it's like even if I bought it just for the nostalgia purpose or 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 you know the irony of having Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman action figures or whatever reason I would buy them, it's like. What the fuck is the point? This Hulk Hogan is so bad. Like he's got the like chin strap beard instead of like the full beard. Uh, anyways. According to an email sent out by WWE, the WWE network will be available for only 9.99 in the UK from November 3rd, except until December it's going to be totally free including Survivor Series uh, and the language in the email Suggests there are no contracts and it's a nine ninety nine a month with no commitment, which is now the way they're going here. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be free there in in November. Yeah, because well, said it, well, it's not earlier we said it's not. So, <laughs> woo, yay! We've got these shower thoughts in our our document here. Uh, one says, "I watched ROH tonight." I mean, I saw ROH tonight. I guess they bought lights. Joke's over. Why is Ron Simmons here? (laughs) 
Shower thought. Randy Orton said that Royals fans would never see their team win the World Series in a hundred more years. The Giants won on Wednesday. I guess now we have to wait until every Royals fan dies or a hundred years pass. It's late and I have to get up for work tomorrow. <laughs> it was. I had to get sleep. <laughs> oh, and, and, I hear cell phones. And here's... here's well, This is the last piece of uh, information we have here, and that's Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins were the first two WWE superstars both under the age of 30 to headline a pay-per-view uh, since Undertaker and Yokozuna in 1994. It's 20 years, man, before somebody uh, before two people under 30 headlined a pay-per-view. It's pretty incredible if you think about it, eh? Yeah. And telling. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Anything else that uh, we might have missed bef- since the show started? Or That is always the question and when everyone on the show should be hitting their social media to make sure someone didn't die or That's... cure cancer or get hated Ooh. on on Reddit or ask stupid questions on Reddit. Oh, I haven't watched wrestling in 10 years. Where do I begin? It's like, fuck you. Go to Wikipedia. <laughs> Every fucking yeah. second hour that pops up on this snowball. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with the IWC. I've not watched in five years. I don't know these people. Of course you don't. You haven't watched in five fucking years. That's like, thank you for uh, stating the obvious, right? Though I, oh, I did I, find a new story where Mick Foley turned down a TV role because he wouldn't play a sleazy Santa Claus. I caught <laughs> that too. Yeah. Mm. He, he said he wouldn't, have any pro- he wouldn't have any problems being sleazy. But he yeah, just wanna... not as Santa. <laughs> Jim Ross, uh, this is actually pretty long. He uh, talks about the WWE Network uh, and the marketing for the WWE Network. Uh, says, uh, this matter of the WWE Network can be analyzed in a variety of ways, but the bottom line is that WWE core product isn't hot, and when brand isn't hot, it's difficult to sell spin-off products of the brand, such as subscribing to their digital network. WWE Creative must do a better job of heating up WWE TV shows, allow fresh, new, young talents to take on bigger roles, and introduce new talents with a systematic plan to bring them in with fanfare and instant credibility. Plus, selling the network primarily because of the price of $9.99, which has essentially become a punchline in a joke, and it is not a selling point. It's akin to saying that we have a lunch special for $4.99, but not saying what the special menu item is. In a three-hour Raw, WWE should feature vignettes of the network offerings to remind fans of what they're missing. If I'm not seeing, feeling, or experiencing what it is you want me to buy, I'm highly unlikely to buy it. Mm-hmm. And this, this actually, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this is something that a number of pundits have talked about on uh, various outlets, and we should because we got some time here to do it. So now, now that we're in the situation that we're in, we we have, as you pointed out in that article, a no um, commitment subscription rate for 9.99 and you get the pay-per-view. So, we've returned to essentially the old model. We're back at the pay-per-view model now. As Joe aptly pointed out at the end of his subscription, he now will have the opportunity to do so and actually approach it as the old-fashioned way that you had. Now, I know you like the the bonus content, so you're probably going to be on it every month anyway. Right. Well, Jericho, wait, but the most important thing here is now they have to actually give a fuck about the show on TV because now it truly it has become a vehicle once again to sell the pay-per-view. It's basically gone back to the old model, but they get all the money directly themselves. 
Right. JR goes on to say, the three-hour WWE flagship broadcast Monday Night Raw always has segments that should not make air, and using some of the great content from the network in lieu of such suspect content is a win-win for everyone. They are doing something like this in Canada currently uh, with the Rogers package. They have a show called uh, The Net Pack, and The Net Pack is on every Sunday for an hour, and it basically just does exactly that. It delivers an hour of content from the network. So we've seen a countdown at this point. It's only been on three weeks. We saw the one of the WrestleMania documentaries, and then last week it was Legends House, so I just deleted it immediately. But I watched <laughs> the other two. I'm not kidding. I had no interest. I already saw. I already gave Legends House a couple episode chance on the uh, G Network, and uh, that was enough for me. Teach their own. They but they're doing exactly what saying they should, JR should be doing already. So... What do you guys think about that? Do you think it would be smart for uh, Raw? Is there going to be three hours? Let's just do two hours and then show uh, some content. And I, I'm asking this directly first to Joe. Let's say that's what you got tomorrow night. You paid for this to attend live. Mm -hmm. So you get an hour of wrestling, mm -hmm. and you sit back and you watch the TV, and then you get another hour of wrestling. Or some, something along the lines like that. I don't know necessarily that they need to do an entire hour devoted to the WWE Network to get people to buy. It's just, you know, in between, you know, like even just like bumper stuff, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and check this out, which you can see on the WWE Network tomorrow night and show like a, a 30 second clip from, uh, you know, uh, the Monday Night Wars or WWE Countdown or, or something, you know, whatever is the big thing they're going to show on Tuesday nights, which, which of course right now is uh, the Monday Night War. Or WWE rivalries, which I I hadn't I didn't watch uh, the first episode, so I, because like what more am I going to find out about Steve Austin and Vince McMahon? <laughs> but you know I, I'd be okay with like a thirty second spot here or there, you know what I mean? Of just okay, hey, check this out. This is a clip from the show we've got, you know, or or when Legends House was on, or if it ever comes back, you know, clips from Legends House or a clip from NXT. Show an NXT match. Give me some, you know, I'd be okay with that. Obviously, you don't want to take an entire, you don't want to take the three-hour show and devote an entire hour of, here, let's watch stuff on the WWE Network. Because that would defeat the purpose of having a three-hour show in the first place. Which, of course, there is no point to having a three-hour show in the first place because the three hours, <laughs> they're struggling to fill it. But... No, I've been to Monday Night Raws where I've sat back and just basically watched and said I could be home watching this shit on TV. And I don't want that. I don't I don't wish that on a live audience because you did pay for this, you know, three hours of entertainment and three hours plus because you get superstars taping. Um, But I wouldn't mind a 30-second spot, a two-minute spot, something like that for the WWE Network that's going to showcase some of the programming on there. Well, it certainly will be a better marketing model than what they're doing now. Yeah. Albeit, uh, we haven't had an episode of Raw. You, you, you know, you're going to be attending the first episode since the official public announcement of what the state of the uh, the financials are. So, right. Do you think we'll see something um, as immediate as tomorrow, knowing how last minute they'd like to buck anyway? Well, you saw what they did with SmackDown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we we 
saw something different than what they did with SmackDown. But that well, being said, yeah. that's uh, that's my point. You saw what they did. Yes. They tricked the audience into doing the yes chance and then superimposed Vince McMahon in there. <laughs> and I knew that's what what was happening when I watched SmackDown because I had already read the spoilers. Ah, uh, well, there you. So I already knew what was going on. I'm like, oh, I see what they did. And then, like, the next day is when people are like, oh, this is what, uh, you know, this is what happened. Like, yeah, I, I already I already knew that. <laughs> yeah, me too, because, uh, well, the news. <laughs> yeah. I, I already read the show notes. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to be interested. You're going to have to watch, rewatch Raw after it. Let us know. <laughs> Maybe not word for word line for line, but uh, I I don't think they're gonna go anything like as drastic as that. But I I will certainly watch Raw when I get home and just kind of see like if they pipe in anything on on any like you know any given segment. Um, and, and even more important, so what they tape between segments too. That's true. You never know what <laughs> uh, rematches can be tweaked or re-edited. For or it's just little promos could be manipulated for other things. What else do you get other than Raw? Do they do superstars? Superstars, yeah. Yeah, okay. They've shuffled that stuff around so much. I'm, I'm oh, hoping. Th- I'm hoping maybe Sami Zayn will be on the card. I, I would love to see that dude live. I know. I know Tyson Kidd and Sin Cara have been having a feud on Superstars. I read about that. Apparently, yeah. it's really good, but I haven't seen any of it. So. I I haven't watched Superstars. I watched it when it was on WGN, and I watched like three weeks of it, and it's like. They started just going back to like the like really undercard guys that they don't give a shit about on Raw or SmackDown. I was like, oh, okay, that's enough of this. <laughs> I got I, I got this for you. Stevie Ray reveals Hulk Hogan's reaction to Booker T's N-word promo. Uh, it really bothered my brother. It really bothered him. Whereas all the guys were ribbing him and were like, "What up, N-word?" Randy Savage and whoever, they all got a big, big kick out of it. It was the pop of the night, so the next day we go to Nitro after the pay-per-view that Sunday, and I remember sitting at the table, you know, we were in catering. I'm sitting at the table and Hogan walks in. So me and Hogan would always talk about cars and motorcycles because he's into cars much like myself. I think he was getting some food when Randy Savage came in and said, Hey, Hulk, what's going on, man? You know Booker T called you the N-word. And Hogan was like, That's okay, man. At least I'm a good N-word. <laughs> The whole catering area popped. I mean, everybody in catering <laughs> just popped. And I think that's when some of the pressure kind of came off my brother. That's a true story. I've never told it before. After Hogan did that, it pretty much died that day. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good story. <laughs> uh, Ken Shamrock was asked... Uh, if his w- if WWE has put his influence on their product in proper perspective, he says, I don't know if I can really speak to that. I do feel that I definitely deserve to be in their Hall of Fame based on the things I did while I was there, being able to change that sport along with other people. I feel I earned that right based on what I was able to do there in a small amount of time. I'm not sure I can stand here and boast about that. The fans are the ones that really tell the tale, and I think they speak very loudly about where I stand in pro wrestling. I don't think that there are too many people who would tell you that I don't deserve to be there. So, uh, yeah, basically, Ken Shamrock thinks he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. What do you guys think? Nope. nope. No? Okay. <laughs> well, what did he really do? He, you know, he came in, he punched himself in the face. It wasn't really much anything. I mean, what, what, he go to, what, 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 TNA? He didn't do anything there. There's no, I don't see, I don't see what he actually did to deserve to be 
You know, I, I could justify Coco Beware being in the Hall of Fame or Ken Shamrock being in the Hall of Fame. Robo JT says, uh, <laughs> says Coco Beware deserves being over Ken Shamrock. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I thought, uh, I thought Shamrock was good in his role. I don't necessarily know that I consider him for the Hall of Fame. I, 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 I wouldn't. I just... Like I guess I don't think he's deserving. I don't think he did really anything to deserve it. I sir, I would put him in over Coco Beware. <laughs> I like how Coco has just become this joke now that if he can get in, anyone can. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's if you can get it, anyone can. It's not. It's not. It's not as much as the tr- joke as it makes the Hall of Fame perceived as a joke. Yeah, like, I mean what. Oh, go ahead. He he is the guy that if you, if you're gonna look at all the wrestlers that are in there and not count the celebrity wing, he is the guy that you look at and be like, really? <laughs> not to knock Coco, I thought he was a great wrestler and you know he was he was very entertaining as a performer, but really, <laughs> the Hall of Fame? That makes the, uh, the the whole idea that it's not really the wrestling Hall of Fame, but it's the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that distinction is, I think absolutely criticized because of who controls it and who decides who goes in there's no actual outside nominations taking place so you know some, some people might agree or disagree with it depending on their perception of what wrestling is but I mean as we all know there's way more than one thing called the WWE out there so I kind of lean towards the side that you know what if Ken Shamrock thinks he's supposed to be in and that's up to Vince McMahon yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I dig Ken Shamrock. I thought he was great in his role, and uh, you know, but I don't necessarily know that I would say, yes, this guy goes in the Hall of Fame. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, does Vince say he goes right, to the right, Hall. right? No, exactly. But that's, you know, well, I guess we'll find out because right now Ken Shamrock's the only guy saying Ken Shamrock should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't. I mean, I don't mind the WWE having their own. I don't really have an issue with that. It's as on an entertainment level. It's generally a, a fun part of the WrestleMania weekend experience. They've had a pretty decent track record of, you know, having something entertaining come out of it, a particular speech or induction or number of them. But as for credibility, it's just, I'm sorry. I, it just doesn't make yeah. sense. It's like me having my own Hall of Fame. You know, like I decide who goes in. That's basically the same thing. It's yeah. like, who am I to judge? Oh, exactly. Right? For what it's worth, uh, John Cena versus Seth Rollins is the advertised main event for the War Memorial in Syracuse tonight, and that's a uh, street fight. Uh, the other show they're doing is in Binghamton uh, at the Veterans Memorial Arena, and that's Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt in a street fight headlining that one. Jeez, I know which one I'd rather be at. So, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's just, uh, for, for the record, John Cena is in Syracuse tonight. So it'll be interesting to see if he's in Buffalo and they just pulled him from advertising for some reason or if he's actually not going to be there. You don't get, could to be. Sh- you don't get to see him. <laughs> it, it could be part of an elaborate plot with Triple H coming out saying he said he'd be here every week, but he's not, and then the music hits. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll find out. Anybody well, else? Was it ever confirmed or denied that the um, the network is cheaper than tacos thing is true? Was that an actual advert that they put out? That can't be real. I... <laughs> <laughs> did we uh, did did we ever find out about that? <laughs> I heard nothing. No, I wondered the same thing. 
Yeah. I I, I want it to be real. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We we do have a uh, screen screen grab saying that WWE is cheaper than tortillas. Oh, it's tortillas. <laughs> Half the price of a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> Subscription on WWE Network, and then it's like uh, less than half day tortilla. <laughs> I, I I that can't be real. The rumor apparently is possibly Cena. Well, not the tortilla deal, but the Cena <laughs> thing is that it might have something to do with him looking to produce his own reality series or filming one of the many upcoming films he's involved in. Maybe he's got to go redo that sex scene. I had uh, oh, yeah. Titty, Titty McGee Bella all upset. Yeah, I, uh, that happened to be the episode of uh, Total Divas I saw because it was, I think that was the one with uh, with our boy Gary on there. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anybody have anything else to add? Nope. Well, in that case, where's the button? In that case, this has been a Board Wrestling Fan Radio episode 150. At Think So Joe, at Random Redhead, at Mark underscore Noise, at G of the Internet. Check out our uh, guest from this week at, uh, what was it? <laughs> what was this Twitter? At, uh. He's on Kickstarter. He's on Kickstarter. Find him on Kickstarter. At Headlocked uh, Comic or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll find out and we'll put it in there. It's at Headlock Comic. At Headlock Comic. There you go. I just like hanging out to dry once in a while. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hashtag heel G. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>